Hello, you future registered dental hygienists. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the Dental Hygiene Basics Podcast. My name is Dana and I am your host. Today's guest is Sonia Dunbar. She is the geriatric tooth fairy. She is an incredible person with the most amazing story about how she became a dental hygienist. She's overcome so many things, dyslexia, failures. She's now working on her doctorate and she owns a mobile dentistry or mobile dental hygiene clinic that she takes to different nursing homes, long-term care facilities, and takes care of the senior population in three different states. So you definitely don't want to miss this story. Please um, give us a like or a review wherever you're listening at the end of the show. And also go check us out on Instagram at Dental Hygiene Basics. Okay, well, welcome, Sonia, to the DH Basics podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. And the first thing we'll do is I'm just going to have you tell me about yourself, your journey leading up to dental hygiene school, and a little bit about what you're doing now. Well, thank you for asking it again. Thank you for making a podcast like this, because I think it's so important for future dental hygienists and early dental hygienists, new dental hygienists. So thank you. And my name is Sonia Dunbar, a.k.a. that geriatric tooth fairy. And I have been a hygienist now, I think it's 31 years. So I've been on this road a long time and I do, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Um, I'm originally from, um, Chicago, born in Chicago, raised in Detroit. I went in the Navy and I did my dental hygiene school in Florida. That's where I currently reside. I did only four years in the Navy and got out and then I went to dental hygiene school after the Navy. So I've had a great, great journey. And I um, currently, I'm mobile, I have a mobile dental company that is in three states and we're looking at four and we provide dental care, comprehensive dental care to residents in long-term care facilities. I've worked in almost every spectrum of dental hygiene. Um, on base, contracted, um, periodontist, pediodontist, um, orthodontist. Um, I've just worked in endodontics, you know, as assistants. Um, but I've worked in all areas of dentistry, um, public health as well. But by far, this has been these last 17 years working with the seniors or aging adults have been by far the, the most rewarding aspect of my career. I love that. What a good story. So you started out in the Navy. Did you have any dental experience when you were in the Navy? I didn't have any dental experience when I was in the Navy. I um, was doing other work in the Navy. Okay. And then when you got out, you went into hygiene school. What made you want to go into dental hygiene school? You know, when I was a little girl, I always liked to smile. I always liked to smile. I could tell. And I would smile. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would just stare at people and smile until they smile back. But as a young child, I noticed that people would not, some people wouldn't smile back. And I, I was a young child. I knew, I knew that smiles were contagious. I was like four years old, smiling at people till they smile back. And they would, it was, I noticed that certain people wouldn't smile. And when I got old enough to ask them, they would say that they didn't like their teeth. So as a young child, I always wanted to help people improve their teeth. So that's what started me on my dental journey. I wanted to be a dentist, but uh, I had a, like a kind of a rough um, childhood coming up, so I couldn't go to dental school. But I did go to dental hygiene school, so that's 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 how I ended up. That's amazing. Well, 
what dental hygiene school did you end up going to? And do you remember what year you started? Yes, I went to Florida. Okay, so I started taking prereqs in, in, in Michigan before I even went into the Navy. I started taking prereqs. So I had an associate's degree before I even applied. I had an AA before I even applied. So I got a lot of the prereqs out the way. Then after I got out of the Navy, I still had those prereqs. I took a few classes to keep everything current. Uh, and I always took classes to improve because like when I first took anatomy and physiology, I got a C. Of course, that's not going to float for dental hygiene school. So I took it again. Um, and then I got an A. And same with microbiology. And I had to take chem, uh, chemistry and physics. All of those, I just kind of retook over until I got high enough grades. And then by the time I got out of the Navy, my GPA was fairly high because I, I don't know if I shared this with you, but um, I struggled in high school because I have dyslexia, a severe form of dyslexia. Um, I didn't learn to read until later. I was because people often with dyslexia can kind of camouflage it. And back when I was in school, it was in the 80s, they called it like I was like almost considered like mentally retarded because they considered it a severe disability. So they would take me out of class. And I think this is so much of a punishment. I had to leave class doing recess. And I couldn't go out for recess because I had to go to like a reading class to help me learn to read and um, to get remedial work. And so it was almost like a punishment. Yeah. People knew that you were being taken out of class because you were different. They called us special. So that's why I kind of struggled in school, you know, and um, I didn't have the support from my parents. Like um, a lot of people are fortunate to have. And it's not a pity party or journey. It was just my path. But that didn't, that, that's, that wasn't a bad path. It was just my journey, which was what I needed to be successful. So um, when I finally got into dental hygiene school, it was um, 19, I graduated in 92, and I didn't pass the first time. I had to, I, I, I didn't pass perio because with dyslexia, I was ashamed when I got into hygiene school to tell them that I had a learning disability because I didn't know that they could have gave me alternate testing. They could have my test read to me. So I didn't pass perio. My grades were really low. So I had to sit out a year. So I went in and I think in 90 and 92. I went in 89 and I graduated in 92. So I had to sit out one year. So when I, I had to sit out the year, I came back and I passed perio the second time. So that's I graduated in 92. And I've been a hygienist since then. That's amazing. I love that you brought up your past and the struggles with dyslexia because there's people out there all over the world who are facing that right now and might be thinking, you know, dental hygiene is not right for me. I struggle through, you know, community college or high school or whatever it is. And I like that you bring up that you didn't know that you could ask for certain accommodations because I think a lot of people don't realize that. And then they start, they get into hygiene school, they struggle and they realize once it's a little bit too late, oh, I had that available to me. So I really like that we're talking about that because I think students need to know right off the bat, if you need test accommodations or you need help, then ask for it even before you get there. That's the way to do it. So yeah, and that's I, great. Yeah, and I struggled through hygiene. I didn't, it's just here recently and I, I'm in a doctoral program now, but once I graduated from hygiene and I, I had to take the board again, I took the board twice, then I passed the board. And then I went to St. Petersburg 
uh, community college. No, yeah, I went to St. Peter College and I got my bachelor's there. Then I went to Liberty University. I have my master's there. Now I'm in a doctoral program. But ever since I started asking for help, I've been nothing but on the honor roll. I have nothing but gold bars and honors because just because I have dyslexia does not mean that I, I, I'm not smart or I, I don't have a, um, a nice IQ. It's just that I have to learn differently. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, look at you. You're such a success and you've been a hygienist for, you said, how long now? Um, I think it's 30, 32. Or 32. Yeah, that's that's an inspiration to anyone. That's amazing. I love it. And you own your own business doing mobile dentistry. What made you want to go into work with aging adults? Well, my grandmother raised me and she was like my BFF. I loved her so much. And when I moved, when I went to the Navy and I moved to Florida, she was still in Michigan. And she even came to live with me in, in Florida. And, you know, when I first got my first car at 16, I went to pick my grandmother up. Most people go pick up their friends. I went to pick my grandmother up. And we was riding out in my little pup hut. But um, she became really ill. She had diabetes. She lost her leg. Um, she had congestive heart failure. She had oxygen. And I was trying to take care of her at home. But at that time, I, my kids were young. And I just couldn't care for her. She was too heavy. She, I was hurting her more than I was taking care of her. So I had to put her in a long-term care facility, but I was going to see her every morning and every night. And I noticed the staff were not, was not taking care of her teeth. They were not taking her dentures out. They were not taking care of her mouth at all. So I was take, I would do her teeth. And I just didn't think about it because I was, I was that one that her room had everything in it. I changed the curtains and she had a little refrigerator. She was like the cutest grandmother. But one, one day I was in her room and her roommate was like, she kept looking at me. She never spoke to me. Then one day she spoke, she said, when you clean my teeth, they don't come out like your grandmother's. Uh-huh. I was so hoping that she finally spoke to me. Yeah. But she never got visitors. So I went to look in her bathroom. She didn't have a toothbrush on her side of the bathroom. I, she asked her, could I look in her drawer? She didn't have a toothbrush anywhere. Wow. So I went to the nurse's station. I said, do y'all have a toothbrush I can get? And they didn't even have a, a, a toothbrush in a facility that was not being used. So I was like, oh. So I went and bought her a toothbrush and a little kit. I put a little, a little, a little pencil case, and I started doing her teeth every time I did my grandmother's. Now my grandmother smoked cigarettes, and I told her she had congestive heart failure. She would ask me for cigarettes every time I went, and I was like, I'm not giving you no cigarettes. You're gonna blow this place up with that oxygen. <laughs> so every time I went, she kept asking me for cigarettes. So when I would go, I would say, I'm not giving you no cigarettes, but more people would come in her room with their dentures or whatever. They wanted their teeth cleaned or something. So I would brush people, floss people's teeth. One day I went there and there was a line of people outside my grandmother's door. It was like a geriatric parade. They had wheelchairs, walkers. They were, it was like 15 people or so. And my grandmother was not in her room. I asked her roommate, that's my grandmother. She said, out in the food court, out in the outside court, not the food, outside court. And I went out there, she was just smoking a cigarette, just smoking like a choo-choo train. And I was like, we called her Medea for Mother's Day. I said, Medea, what are you doing? She's like, well, I was telling everybody that if they wanted um, their teeth cleaned to give me two cigarettes. And so she was bartering me out. So that's that's what started my journey working in nursing homes. I, I, I started out doing it for free because I started training the staff there how important it was. And then I started doing the people's teeth for free. And then I, I'm a strong believer if you have a destiny, if you have a purpose and a passion, it will make room for you. And it made room for me to start my business. So now, like I said, we're in three states. I see over, our, our company sees over 200 seniors a month providing dental care and we're getting paid for it. So my grandmother, 
was the entrepreneur of the family. <laughs> what a good story. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Um, I mean, my grandmother, I could see her doing the same thing. So <laughs> I think oh, that I, I agree with you that, uh, if you have a calling in your heart, you know, it'll be put in your path to do it. And then all you have to do is just make it happen. Right. So I think that's fantastic. Well, I do kind of want to back up and ask you a little bit about what you remember kind of about applying to dental hygiene school admissions, maybe any struggles you went through during that process. Yes. I, I have, like I said, I was struggling a little bit with math. So I had to um, get a tutor because we had to take a test, a pretest before. They still have that, right? Do they still have that pretest? Not every program, but some programs do have a, so an admissions a test. And they had to score high enough on that to even apply. So once I did that, I had to, you know, get some help on that. I remember applying. I remember um, having to get a reference letter and I had to write a letter of why I wanted to be a hygienist. I remember doing all of those things, which were, it was fun because it was a journey for me. And it was I always feel as things like, uh, even as a younger woman, I felt that was a part of my journey. So I did, I, what I did was I made a list of everything that I needed to do. And I also shadowed dentists. I would volunteer in a dental office, you know, just to get a little bit, you know, to see what was going on. And I was just fascinated. And one thing that I do remember doing when I did, when, when the first time I applied in Florida, I mean, uh, in Jacksonville before me in Michigan, before I went in the military, I did not get accepted in that program. That was one of the reasons I went in the military. But I remember going and sitting in a dental office just to smell it, just to smell it and to be in that arena. So, so, so that I would not lose my focus, you know, even in the military, I would go off base and go into a dental office and just go in the waiting room just to see the people, just to keep my vision clear. You have to keep your vision clear in front of you because life will try to put everything in front of you. But I kept my focus on what I needed. So once I got out of the military, I had the GI Bill, and then I would apply for the program that I was able to go through. Um, and in Florida, I got accepted, you know, and, and, and once I was in Florida. So that was a great opportunity, but I always went to visit dental offices once I was out working in, you know, in the military and I wasn't in dentistry. I kept my vision in front of me. You know, I kept that in front of me. I kept my goals in front of me. I knew that this was just um, a temporary fix to get me to my long-term goal. So that's what that was about. That's amazing. I like that you talk kind of about keeping the dream alive by experiencing experiencing it regularly, because that's yeah. a big part about kind of manifesting your, your destiny and your future yeah. and what you want. It's not only just about taking the steps to get there, but visualizing it, using all your senses to engage with that. That's what helps make it real. And obviously it worked because you did it right. So that's fantastic. If you're comfortable discussing it, how did you pay for dental hygiene school and any extra expenses associated with that? Well, when I started in the, um, in the undergrad, when I was in Michigan, I got my first AA. Um, I got student loans for that and, uh, and grants. And then once I got out of the military, the military paid for my dental hygiene program, but it, they only paid for the, the educational part. So I did struggle with instruments and um, uniforms and board reviews and different things like that. Because at that point I had gotten married. And I was, I had got pregnant um, with, with our first child. And that was a bit of a struggle. And so it, it was difficult, but we, we what the military didn't pay for, we, we, we paid for 
So that was that was a lot. That was hard because I was not able to work and go to school. I, I couldn't. It was just too demanding. And then I was a mother, so it was just too demanding. That was going to be my next question if you worked, because some people say, yeah, I work some. And then some people are like, nope, absolutely not. And I, I agree with whatever you decide you go with. But for most people, I recommend trying not to work because it's just so overwhelming being in dental hygiene school. Do you remember, did you have any type of interview where you had to meet with the faculty before you started school? Yes, I did. I had to go in and meet with the faculty and they were, they, they were very nice. It was very stressful. Oh my gosh. Cause they don't tell you what to expect, you know? So, and they, they asked questions like, why did I want to be a hygienist? How could I, how could I um, contribute to the dental hygiene profession? And I remember cause one of my professors now is 75 and she retired. She, one of my professors actually personally was good friends of Esther Wilkins. And that's she that got the godmother of our dental hygiene profession. If you don't know who she is, but my my professor Tina Daniels actually is, is was good friends with Esther Wilkins, and and I, she asked me. I, I heard recently, like a few years ago, asked her why did you why were you asking me those questions? And she said because we want people to know that dental hygiene is not just a job, it's a career, it's a profession, you know, and that's what they want to make sure that every clinician understands that they were, that back then they were saying that we're lifesavers. So I, I really enjoyed it. And I, those are the answers that I gave, that I want to change people's lives because I want to change their smile. And um, now it's more involved in being healthcare professionals as well. Yeah, that's a definitely good advice to think about why you want to go into dental hygiene and make sure that you have a passion for it. And uh, the interview is definitely always one of the hardest parts, but it's just one obstacle you have to get through, right? Just to get to the finish line. So, well, once you started dental hygiene school, I know we kind of talked about some of the difficulties you had with perio and some of the classes and board exams. What kind of advice would you give to any student going through this experience, how to be successful and Anything else you think they might find interesting? First of all, I would give students advice. Pace yourself. Pace yourself and take care of yourself. Because you have to be healthy mentally and physically. So whatever you need to stay grounded, whether it's prayer, meditation, walk in nature, have you something to ground you daily. You know, so that the stress won't overwhelm you. Because I was also a professor for about three years. And the young girls are so stressed out. They weren't eating right. They were stressed out. If your mind and body is not healthy, you're not going to be successful. And it's not going to be a great journey. So make those, those two things priority. Your health, your health, and your mental health. Your physical health and your mental health. And then the second thing I would do is, is say, get a plan. Plan everything. And now there's so many other they have um, study guides out there for hygiene hygiene students. Take advantage of that. Um, take advantage of all of these online um, tutorials that they have. They're all great. I know a lot of the people who do those, you know, but I, I think a planner is great. Plan your day, especially before you get in the clinic. Plan your patients. Don't depend on anybody to get your patients but you. Start making those connections. And once you start your second year, start recruiting your board patients. Start with that first semester of the second year, start telling somebody to get their mouth prepared. <laughs> like, like Lion King, be prepared. <laughs> start getting them prepared, you know. So, yeah, I, those would be my best advice. But 
if your mental and physical is not right, because more importantly than dental hygiene, you're number one. Dental hygiene will always be there. And it's, it's, it's not a race, it's a journey. Of course, you want to get done the first time. But if you don't, it's not the end of the world. It'll still be there. But you want to make it the first time. But don't, don't kill yourself and don't beat yourself up. That's why I say keep that mental right. Because when I didn't pass the, anything the first time, I knew I was going to be a dental hygienist. So it wasn't, it wasn't if, it was just when. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's all about your mindset and you can overcome anything. And I think that your story is a testament to that. And the students will be really grateful to hear this story. So thank you so much for joining me today. I, I'm just so appreciative. I think you have the best story. And I hope that maybe we can meet in person one day. I hope so too. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm sure you could tell that I could not wipe the smile off my face the entire time that I was talking with Sonia, the geriatric tooth fairy. She is such a positive and magnetic person. I just hope that you all go follow her on Instagram geriatric underscore tooth fairy. You can find her there. She's always putting out amazing content. And you can also now find me on Instagram at dental hygiene basics. I would love for you to come over, follow me and see the amazing content that I'm working on producing. I am a great educator. I am not so good at the whole influencer thing, but I am learning and I'm giving little tidbits every week on ways to prepare for dental hygiene school. So please go and check me out. Also, if you haven't left a review, please head over to wherever you're listening and leave me a review. It helps to share my content with more students. And I'm just, as always, so grateful for y'all for listening. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And best of luck on your journey.